Today I have with me Corey from the Great North. Um, we're going to go over his hockey story and we're going to talk beers and we're just going to have a good time. So thanks for coming on. Oh, super excited. I think this is uh, only the second time I've been on a podcast and uh, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be exciting. So give us a little background. Um, obviously, you're from Canada. Where in Canada? Uh, Northern Ontario. So uh, you'll always know when you speak to someone from Ontario, we'll usually identify ourselves as either Northern Ontario or Southern Ontario. <laughs> it's really two provinces as far as uh, we're concerned up north here. Um, I'm from uh, Inglehart, Ontario. So it's a small little town, 1500 people. Um, we are in the real north, I call it. And then uh, here comes more of the segregation piece. Uh, I work in Sudbury, Ontario, and that's where I currently am right now. Um, so I spend uh, 95% of my time at work here in Sudbury, Ontario. And then my other uh, 5%, I go home and uh, at least I call it home. And that's uh, where I spend a lot of my time with my family. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, did you start learning how to play hockey when you were like out of the womb? Basically, um, I came from a really big background uh, with hockey. Um, the family-wise, uh, my uncle was uh, an NHL coach. Uh, he coached in the OHL. He played in the NHL. So uh, Tom Webster, um, he died a few years ago, but he was uh, well known within the uh, in the industry and well loved. And he was uh, his finals was with um, uh, the Calgary Flames. Basically, he was the head scout for them, and they gave him a a real nice farewell when uh, when he retired and it was uh, it was nice but uh, that being said that's where it kind of came from the driving factor for my family always was who was going to be the next one to try and make it to the NHL um, <laughs> so I kind of pushed back until I was about eight years old but I played road hockey like crazy and uh, being uh, a larger kid I'm below average for, a, for an adult now uh, you know I'm only 510. Um, but as a small kid, I was large and, uh, I always got thrown in the net and, uh, just so happened I had extremely quick reflexes and that turned into, uh, how I ended up getting out on the ice, convinced my father to teach me how to skate and, uh, day one, putting on skates, I skated immediately. Uh, so of course, you know, not having the stumbling and falling and needing the help and going out and within the end of the day, I doing crossovers and stuff. My father uh, was immediately convinced I was the ne next, uh, NHL hockey player in the family. Um, we came from a very, very poor family, uh, like, like extremely poor. Um, so when I got, uh, equipment, it was, you know, it was old used, uh, player equipment. And my father came to the conclusion he was going to put me on a house league team when I was nine. Um, we started in actually Inglehart, Ontario. So I was born and raised in Kirkland Lake, Ontario. So it's one of, or was one of the largest producing gold, uh, mining towns in the world. Um, so once I, uh, he figured Inglehart being small was going to be a, an easier, more friendly time and, uh, wouldn't have the, uh, people judging kind of how I played. Um, so he went out, he spent every penny he had on me to become a defenseman. Cause I was again, a larger child. Um, I think I made it two hockey practices and we didn't have any goalies and uh, I'll never forget the look on my father's face when the coach asks anyone in here want to be a goalie. And I think my hand went up faster than than anybody else you could imagine. And uh, I was waving my arms and I'm like, me, 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 you know, pick me. And I'll, I remember the look on my father's face of just complete destroyed hopes and dreams. You know, I wasn't going to be that next star left winger. And I was going to be this kid that got the puck shot at him. And, and that's where he had a great relationship with the sports store back in Kirkland Lake. And that guy took uh, all of that equipment I had 
And he ended up letting my father buy a few things. Uh, so Bauer, actually, Blocker and Trapper was my first, uh, my first Blocker and Trapper. And, you know, back then, and that was uh, in 1996, my first plate. Not dating yourself at all. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> so that was, uh, that's where it all kind of started for me. And uh, that was that driving factor. Um, same thing with goaltending, though, it was quickly became, you know, one of those things I was extremely fluid at. Um, so, I mean, I can keep going here. So when it came to that fluidness, um, within that first year, I was top of the house league for the Northern Ontario district. Um, and I, I, I had no training, nothing. All I knew was I can get in front of a puck and I did it well. Um, that turned into, uh, the following year playing for the Inglehart rep team, um, playing for that rep team. I ended up playing for like three divisions higher than myself because there was no goalies and, and you know, we struggled kind of with it now too. Um, but having no goalies, it, it gave me this opportunity to play with people that were three, four years, years advanced from myself. And that really helped mold into the, the talent that I kind of grew in the sport. Um, that being said, though, uh, after a couple of years of playing within the Inglehart area, I ended up going back to my hometown, Kirk and Lake, playing rep league there. Um, and that's where kind of I started realizing there's a lot of politics in hockey and it wasn't really going the direction we wanted. So I spent a couple of years in Kirkland Lake, kind of bounced between starter and backup, you know, coach's son being the starter. And he wasn't a bad goalie, but there was always that animosity. Favoritism. <laughs> oh, horrible. And uh, it, it became uh, it became almost like a challenge, though. It was one of those things where I wasn't going to allow that to stop my progression. And I remember trying out for the uh, Bantam AAA team. So that would be under under 15 or under 14. No, I think it was, that would be under 13 here, if I'm not mistaken. It's all changed over the years now. I'm just starting to get back into it because my daughter's a goalie. Um, so we, uh, I remember looking at my father because the coach's son was a goalie. The assistant coach's son was a goalie and the trainer's son was a goalie. And I looked at my father after their first practice. He was still up in the stands. And I said, dad, can you call Inglehart and find out when their tryout is? I said, I'd, I'd like to go out with them and I'd like to absolutely just destroy these guys. And, uh, <laughs> he called while I, while I was in like the second half of the tryout and uh, sure enough, they, they were actually having tryouts that same night. So my dad picked me up, got me off the ice and uh, took me to Inglehart, fully dressed in my gear in this little car. And uh, I got out on the ice for Inglehart again. And I mean, it'd been a few years and we had, you know, I had been a driving force and making sure that they didn't win and getting out on the ice for Inglehart. I remember, uh, you know, like I said, small town, 1500 people. And the arena was packed just because, you know, Corey Webster was in the arena again. And it was one of those moments where I realized, like, I've got something special here and I could probably do something big with it if I just stick with it. So up here, it's called the NOHAs, the Northern Ontario Hockey Association. And we ended up winning the championship two years in a row with that team. And, wow. uh, you know, it was it was crazy. 60 shot games making, you know, insane saves. Um, I think. I don't know nowadays, I haven't stayed in touch with it, but in, I think it was 1999 or 2000, no, it was 99. I had a record in the, in a Quebec tournament for, uh, we played six games and I let in zero goals in the entire tournament. I had six shutouts back to back. And it was just yeah. one of those things where I knew that there was something there. And that continued on into the junior A's and midget triple A's. And, uh, I played for the Kirkland Lake Blue Devils. Um, it's funny, like I said, uh, having that, spite for Kirkland Lake. If you actually go on to that uh, elite prospects, my name's deleted. I don't, I don't exist to Kirkland Lake. Um, they have the backup goalie. It's amazing. Uh, I was just talking to a buddy about that the other day. I, I don't exist. And I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> um, 
but that turned into uh, because my uncle Tom was actually the, uh, he had just stopped being the head coach for the Windsor Spitfires. Um, so that turned into a couple of uh, invitations. I got invited in 2003 for my first uh, my first crack at it, and to date myself further, uh, Jason Spezza <laughs> was still playing for the Windsor Spitfires then. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I love when they call him, you know, a legend or a, you know an old timer on TV, and I just kind of shake my head like, Jesus, come on. <laughs> well, um, old timers for goalies is 30, so. <laughs> and, and trust me, now that I'm I'm back into it, I'll touch on that. Uh, it's yeah, I feel it. Trust me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that turned into that. But uh, during that first camp, I uh, actually uh, blew a groin muscle in it and um, my hamstring. Uh, so I didn't make it. Obviously, I was injured. I was out. I rested up, played junior A again for another year. Uh, that same year, I ended up getting invited to the World Juniors because I was under 17. So I tried out, skated with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, he probably doesn't remember me because I was that kid that took it way too friggin' seriously. Um, Mark was not the best goalie on the ice by far, uh, but he was the funniest most heartfelt guy you've ever met in your life you could be struggling in a drill and he'd skate up and slap you on the pads and make a joke and tell you you're doing great and you know you'd skate away a little bit pumped up and then you'd turn around and watch him and he'd just be making these ridiculous saves and it was it was awesome to watch so obviously that was the year that uh, he made it and uh, he had that really horrible goal that uh, he let in and we we lost our gold medal that year but uh, it was good for mark and not so great for canada but you know a good experience uh, following year, I went back to the Spitfires camp and uh, I blew my groin and my hamstring again. So obviously, uh, agent wise, uh, it was, I was a hard sell. I was uh, injury prone and I chalk it up to I didn't take it uh, as serious as I do today. Actually, I, uh, you know, coming from a small town, not having goalie coaching, not taking stre- stretching as seriously as, you know, I should have, uh, you know, I kind of ended my own career um, for just being I'd say overzealous in the fact that I thought I didn't need those things. Right. It was, you know, I was good. I didn't care. Um, yeah. That's but when you're of- young, your body bounces back faster than you think, but it also is like, it just needs the love that we all like, Oh, like I worked out for an hour and a half or, you know, I'm on the ice for an hour and a half. I'm going to stretch for 10 seconds and call it a day. Like that's not how it works, but it's, it's what we've chosen. Uh, <laughs> as a personal trainer, it's just, I am all about it that I make my teammates stay. And <laughs> I'm like, you can do these stretches while drinking a beer in the locker room with me just so that you recover faster. Like you don't realize how stretchy your muscles are until <laughs> you need them again. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I've, I've watched your content for a little while now and absolutely. And you know, I'm, I'm guilty of just the other night I was using your, uh, your cat cow uh, stretch and it was, you know, it was awesome. And I was like, okay, this is another one I need in that bag of tricks. Cause I, like you said, I don't feel as fast as, as I used to. And, and uh, yeah, no, it's been a great, uh, great learning curve. I've been doing that a lot lately. I've been stealing little bits and pieces from all sorts of people, uh, you know, Mariah mountain and and them and just taking those tiny things. There's another one on there, uh, Goalie Strength Pro on, on Instagram. Yeah. They have some great things that I could do like in my office between meetings and stuff because I'm stuck behind a desk for 12 hours a day. So it, it's those little things that has really helped. But uh, yeah, no, I quit playing hockey after uh, after that. I stopped completely. I got rid of all my pads, everything. I said, forget it. I was done. I was never going to see it again. Uh, you know, hockey to me was... Uh, I didn't even watch hockey. I, I took 14 years of, I said, forget it. I'm done. I, I felt angry, like spiteful towards it. And I said, forget it. I'm done. And 
you know, I ended up having kids when I was in my twenties. And, uh, I said, you know, to the, to my wife, I said, not a chance, never will I put my kids in hockey. It's a horrible sport. It, it's full of politics. It'll, it'll, it's the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> and then last year in December, a uh, buddy of mine at work just happened to be uh, kind of cruising around talking to people. And someone, one of my old buddies that's at the mine from Kirkland Lake, uh, he mentioned that I was a, you know, an OHL or potential OHL goalie, junior A goalie. And he had a, a league team that needed a goalie. And so he came over and he says, Corey, I hear you're actually a pretty good goalie. I said, at one time, uh, you know, many moons ago I was. And he said, you want to be a goalie again? We need a goalie. And I said, you know what? I think I do. So I went to the local sports store and, you know, I told the guy, I said, you know, I was a goalie high level back in the day, help me out. And his name's Mark Monroe. Great guy. Uh, he runs this source for sports here in, in Sudbury. And Mark set me up with all this warrior stuff. So I had warrior blocker, trapper pads, all black too. And I thought it looked cool. I don't know. I guess part of me wanted to be like the, the mighty ducks goalie there back in the day. Where it was all <laughs> right. I was just, I thought it was cool. It was badass. Um, so I went out for my first game in December and uh, lost uh, eight, nothing. It was fantastic. Uh, I realized uh, black is not a color you can wear when you're in your thirties and your eyesight's starting to go. Cause everything blends in with the puck. This beers. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> and uh, then I quickly realized I hated Warrior. I uh, I'm not a Warrior fan at all. Uh, the gear to me was super light, crazy light. That's the biggest difference I could say between my 14 year break was you know, you're twice the size you were back then, but you're half the weight now, so you can move just as quick. But I find you're so bulky now. I I can't. I don't didn't have the mobility. So everything I had that was Warrior, I was a massive tank in the net, and I could hardly move and uh, I transitioned everything. So I had a full set of warrior and then I, uh, I switched it all up to, uh, like a lawn touch protector now cause it's tiny and I get a <laughs> ton of, a ton of stingers in it, but I love it. And then, yeah, it's been good. So, yeah. Were you flexible when you like, have you always been flexible? Like can you I do was, splits? <laughs> I was crazy flexible when I was younger. Uh, that okay. was actually one of the go-to things when, you know, you see a lot of goalies now on a breakaway, you know, puck center, your chest, you're, you're moving at the same speed. And then you're committing a lot of the times to one side or the other, and you have to do that lateral transition. So you really need those edges. We didn't do that stuff back then. Uh, we were, you know, I was the start of slash, you know, that mid area where hybrid goaltending was. So, you know, we were just starting to get knee blocks on our pads and you, we did a little bit of the, the butterfly, so we dropped, but it was always, you know, down, get up, move, down, get up, move, not this down slide push stuff. So for me to be at the top of my game back then, the splits was huge and not that stunt, the scissor splits. It, it, it was a full on split because then I didn't need to commit either side. And had I made a mistake, I was taking the entire bottom of the net and being able to stay straight up all the shots, my hands were still active. So yeah. it just completely blew people's minds. And, and I think that was. I think the splits is probably why I got as far as I got was because no one else was doing it. Um, nowadays, uh, I'm working back towards it. Um, if you saw my game last night, you'd see that, uh, my mind still thinks I can do it. And I'm hobbling a little bit today because, uh, my body said no. So. <laughs> it was still, I mean, you're still getting out there. Um, so are you currently on a team? So no, I'm part of this goaltender union and I'm sure okay. you're aware like that but uh, I have three committed skates so on Mondays I play with a women's hockey team actually um it is probably my most fun skate 
A uh, couple of them are uh, high-level hockey players, uh, and the rest are just women out having fun. And uh, it's been great because I find the competition there between the women is hilarious. Like they they take it so seriously for a Monday I was gonna night. say <laughs> most with like full female teams I've found have been the most into it. Like it is do or die. Like it is not half-assed if you will yeah. like it is full we are gonna get in there and we are gonna kick some ass and if we're not kicking ass then it's on you and like <laughs> i love it i get uh i got crashed into a few times now and i mean you know in the past year that i've been playing again i don't think i've been crashed into the net other than at this women's hockey and it's you know you give up a rebound and it's every stick is jamming in your pads and trying to get it in and they're screaming and yelling and tackling each other and it's like holy what is going on but it's a great time and the thing I like about it is that it's not serious. So I'm still have that, that drive inside of myself where I think everything, you know, has to be serious. And, uh, I have fun out there. That, that's probably my favorite skate. Um, Wednesdays it's a pickup team, but it's uh, it's pickup hockey, but it's a, um, X OHL, X AHL, WHL players. So it's, it's extremely high level. Um, love it. Same thing. It's late at night. The guys are a great team, great group. And uh, it's it's great. And then Thursdays, I play with uh, a bunch of teachers and jail guards, actually. And <laughs> well, it's been good. Yeah, it's been good. My goal has been, I don't want to get committed to a hockey team in beer league until I feel like I'm at least 90% of the where I was at, especially with uh, skill, but flexibility as well, right? I don't want to commit and then go out and get injured and then not be that person. Yeah. Um, and then it's getting back into it right after a 14 year break. And, you know, I've taken it, if I probably put in the effort that I've put in, in the last, you know, 11 months that I put in when I was, uh, that I would have put in when I was a child, um, I would be probably would have made the NHL at this point. Cause I, uh, I put in every day has something to do with fitness, flexibility, or flat out goaltending all the time. I, I committed to, you know, I have a, um, fake ice that's set up in my living room. I've got a hockey net, uh, bless my wife. Uh, she puts up with all my bullshit. Uh, <laughs> she's excellent. And, uh, I bought a Sensorina VR. So I'm literally that, you know, geek in the living room with half my equipment on, on my skates, uh, trying to stop virtual pucks so that I can be primed and ready for a hockey game. Yeah. That's, that's how far I've taken this. Yeah. It's been insane. Do you actually have the virtual setup, like the goggles and all that too? Like a whole headset with nice. both, uh, both of the adapters <laughs> to go on the blocker and trapper. And yeah. And you know what? That sense arena honestly though has been a game changer. It's uh, it absolutely kind of tunes you into your hand eye coordination. And then even just being on the fake ice and my skates, it helps a lot of the, the, a lot of the footwork movements, like, actually muscle doing memory yeah exactly and because you have that bit of uh, friction with that fake ice when you get out on the ice that movement is easier and more fluid uh, it's been great uh downside to it lots of ice shavings everywhere like there is plastic yeah. everywhere and you try and clean it up and then you know you we've got two pomeranians and the, the dog runs through it next thing you know there's just shavings all over the house and it's horrible but you know they uh the family's been pretty understanding of this past 11 months of of the the locker they've opened up of Corey and trying to get back into this. <laughs> when I had it in my garage before I moved, uh, I used to call my vacuum the Zamboni because it was just like I was constantly vacuuming it, that I had like a Dyson outside just to be 
my Zamboni for it. Cause it was just like, it gets like, it gets that static electricity. So it sticks to everything like your hair and like, so I got pad covers. Cause I was like, maybe that'll <laughs> Did those actually help for me. It did for the, like for butterflies and stuff. I felt like you could move a little better. And then also I only have one set of pads. Cause like you said, I'm poor. Um, so I wanted to keep them nicer. <laughs> no, that that's been the biggest thing. Like I'm, uh, I'm the owner and president of a, of a consulting company uh, in the mining industry. So I've kind of this time around, whereas, you know, the first time around doing this, this sport, I struggled with getting the, you know, top of line equipment. Whereas now I'm, I'm horrible. Like I've got, uh, I've got, I had the warrior set. I got rid of the warrior set. I bought, uh, all true stuff, true pads, the fave blocker and trapper. Actually the story behind that was the blocker and trapper were actually, uh, um, they actually say the fave on them. Nice. And it was that transition between CCM and when Lefebvre pulled out and, you know, like I got them all custom made and everything. They canceled the pads though, halfway through because they got bought by true. And instead of calling me and saying, Hey, you know, by the way, are you okay? We're with not this sending you everything. <laughs> yeah. So the gloves show up, pads don't show up. I get a little thank you note, and a ball cap. And I was like, what the hell? So I had to reorder the pads. And the pads were supposed to be in in October. And they called to say they weren't going to arrive till December. So they sold me a demo set. So that's actually a demo set that I've been wearing since then. So I bought the demo set and wearing those. My white and black set is supposed to match my gloves. They'll say true instead of a fave. That comes in in December, hopefully. So, well, sometime within the next month. <laughs> and then I don't know what it was the other day. I took a, a real heater to the face, a slap shot. And uh, I, well, of course I cheaped out on, I cheaped out on my helmet. I went with a Bauer 930 and <laughs> not knowing because back then I wore a Vaughn that was, you know, this plastic junk material. And I thought, wow, what is what it is? So I took a, a real good one and you can't see it as well, probably on camera, but the cage is actually dented a little bit from it. Oh, and yeah. uh, it was a hell of a hit. And I don't know, I'm, I'm one of those people that constantly thinks. So I was in the net for the rest of the evening thinking about, I really need a better helmet. And then I thought, I really love the coveted helmets and the 906 series. And I was like, what color should I go with? And I started thinking about red and black because my daughter plays for the Inglehart hockey team. And, I thought, you know, I really like that red and black. And that's what I used to be when I was younger. And my bower was red and black. And I said, you know, I'm going to do red and black. And then one thing led to another. And uh, coming in uh, the end of March will be my red and black true set. Um, I, I'm obsessed with goaltending equipment. So I'll have we all a, are. And a red set. <laughs> yeah, it's just unreal. Uh, the one bower thing I do rock other than that helmet, though, is a hyperlight stick. Um, I've used... Warrior sticks, Vaughn sticks, uh, true sticks. Uh, I hate, I hated them. Uh, the true stick was nothing that, uh, I'd ever ask anybody to buy, to be honest, uh, didn't enjoy it at all. The hyperlight though, from the moment I had it in my hand with that pentagrip, I, I knew right away that was the right stick. Went out, got a shutout that night and realized like, that's it. That's the stick. So I've, uh, I've been sticking with those for sure. <laughs> um, so speaking of pillow talk, um, what did you start off with? Uh, started my career with, uh, this is going to really date the shit out of me. So I had, um, I had the Bauer blocker and trapper. 
but before I got that, I spent two weeks with a, a Cooper blocker. Remember the ones with the holes in them? And they yeah. were like the black one, at least. Um, okay. it, was the arenas, it was the arena's equipment. Um, I had DNR pads and a DNR trapper. And the trapper was didn't really resemble of today's trappers. It was god awful. Um, I think that was the driving force and why my dad said, I got to get him something better than that. But I rocked those DNR pads for years. And back then we didn't have like this plus sizing stuff. As long as it kind of, you know, the eight leather straps could be cinched to your legs. You were happy. Yeah. Um, after that, I moved into a set of uh, iTech pads uh, back when iTech still made stuff. Um, those were good. And that was kind of that style of when I switched into more of a hybrid style instead of that kind of stand up equipment stuff. Um, and then I went over to, uh, Reebok. I used uh, Reebok for a bit. I actually, there was a set of mission pads for a bit. I tried a set of missions. I had those, uh, they were super light, but uh, you felt everything through them. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, and then I rocked Reebok for a long time. Uh, I think, uh, around the same time, Marc-Andre Fleury had his yellow set. I had the same thing. I had a yellow set. Um, it's probably because we had goalie coaches that were common, um, the goalie coach theory at that time was that a player, when he looks up to shoot the puck, would see the bright yellow of the pads in the blocker and trapper and shoot they would shoot that. towards it. Yeah. And it actually, that guy actually spoke with uh, my uncle lots. And my uncle actually is one of the ones that uh, worked with Trevor Kidd in his checkerboard set when he was with the uh, Hurricanes. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for me, Brian's were the most stiff and the most uncomfortable. Um, but also like you, I went to, a, we have, it's called the play it again, where, you know, like people trade in their gear and I got some kids beat up old <laughs> Reeboks to start. So awesome. for me, it was hard to go from Reeboks that, like you said, like moved really well, but you could feel everything to Brian's that were super stiff and didn't move very well. And then also you couldn't feel anything anymore. So for me, it was, it was a big transition. <laughs> um, I did go warrior, but for me, it didn't work as well. For me, Bowers just moved better for my yep. body. Um, but like you said, I, I don't feel brave enough to go all black just because it's like, <laughs> you lose it right away. Like <laughs> yep. I'm already with everything going on and in the leagues that I play in, it seems like everybody has a brightly colored stick. So it's like, I know everybody's motions most of the time, which I think is the most funny too, is that I'm like, you do realize with colored stick and colored laces, you're making yourself stand out to a goalie and everybody's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, like now I know how you're going to shoot every time because you stand out from somebody else. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I tried to tell you guys that like secretly without, you know, the guys that usually shoot on me telling them like, if you put black tape on your stick, I cannot read that puck. Like I used to, I said, you know, white tape, love it. I, I hand white tape out in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, here you go. You need stick tape. No problem. <laughs> I can the puck better now. And, uh, you know, I've been trying to, to help my, uh, my daughter's hockey team by, you know, same thing, like putting black tape on their sticks and, and same my my well with my daughter i make sure it's white on her stick i don't know why i've always been has to be white on the goalie stick but uh that's how that's gone along and yeah i know i completely agree with you i love when the guys make those special things with the rainbow laces and tape and you just know their moves i'm like i tell some people because you know it's a girl thing to want to wear pink and colors and stuff like that but i'm also like until you get good enough 
that you can like control the puck, I was like, don't do it. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. I hear you completely. I feel like, like you have to earn your color. Like if, if you can go bar down on me every single time <laughs> and perfect. break or bend my cage on my helmet, then you can, ha- you're allowed to wear those colors. <laughs> oh, it's funny. The guy that actually clocked me in the face that night with that helmet, I actually uh, did some of the um, filming work uh, where I was an extra in. Uh, he was actually in that too. And he actually called it because when we realized we knew each other, he said, uh, Hey, uh, I think I'm that guy that hits you in the face every other Wednesday. And I said, yeah, I think you are too. And he says, I'm really sorry about that. I can't promise you I won't do it again. And then (laughs) sure enough, the following Wednesday, you know, just a howitzer right off the face. So it was great. So speaking of that, that you filmed, can you go a little bit more specific? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So um, up in Sudbury, Ontario is kind of the hometown of Letterkenny. Uh, Letterkenny started here they film here they do a ton of their filming in this area um, all over like Cape Real and those kind of things um, as it's public knowledge uh, they are doing a spin-off of Letterkenny called Shorzy can't get into the entire title of it but I can tell you it's Shorzy and that character is the spin-off um, so the guy that I talked about earlier Mark Monroe uh, the guy I get all my goalie gear from and he runs the uh, source for sports uh, just so happened, I was in there buying more goalie gear, and uh, he, uh, he said, hey, have you ever been on TV? And I said, no, I haven't, Mark. I said, random question, why? And, and he says, well, they're looking for goalies for a TV show. And I thought it was going to be, you know, a, an ad for True or something for Source for Sports. And I thought, yeah, you know, whatever. And, and he says, well, he says, you know, I'm going to put your name in, expect a phone call. And I said, okay, cool. About a month went by. Um, I end up getting a call from a producer and uh, she says, you know, Corey, uh, I got your name from Mark Monroe. Would you be interested in being part of uh, filming uh, of a TV show? She still didn't tell me the name of it. And I said, uh, yeah, I mean, if you need a goalie, I'm a goalie. I can move like new style goalies. I've worked hard on that. I can do whatever you need. And I said, if you need me to let in goals, I can do that too. Um, <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> We're all good at that. <laughs> yeah. So she said, perfect. Um, so a couple more weeks went by. Uh, they reached out to me again. They asked me for like headshots, body shots, uh, shots of my gear, sent them everything. Of course, that took me hours because I'm not a, you know, if you see my Instagram, I'm not a selfie guy. I, I don't take a lot of photos of myself. It's it's stuff and how I behave and those kind of things. Um, so I ended up sending it all in right away. They got back to me, said, yeah, you're perfect. We need you. We'll be in touch with dates. Um, by the way, it's for a spinoff of Letterkenny. So right away, I was kind of excited. So you know, brushed up on some letter, Kenny, like, what would I be doing? Like, how would that work? And, and, you know, and what I noticed when I was watching letter, Kenny, it was the goaltenders that let in goals remind me of like 1994, the mighty ducks where Goldberg barely moves in the net and it looks really cheesy. And I thought, (laughs) well, I don't know if I can do that. I was like, you know, that'd be hard to, you know, let in goals and thought about it. And I said, oh, whatever, we'll see what happens. Um, So we ended up getting all the dates um they called me a week before filming and uh, asked me if i'd be willing to come out to help them out for rehearsals and that's where i realized uh you know this was going to be something fun and and exciting to be part of sorry and uh so what ended up going down is uh i get out on i get to the arena uh very private like it doesn't say shorzy on or anything like that uh they had like the casting kind of name on there and i wasn't sure i was in the right place I get there. Sure enough, I, I meet a few people right away. They said, yeah, go into uh, into room number one. I get into room number one and I, I'm not a, 
I'm a loud kind of boisterous person. I'm very, when I'm going into, into play net, I'm, I'm very focused. I'm quiet. So I walk into the change room and I look around and I'm looking at these guys in the change room and I don't know any of them at the time. And I'm like, they don't look like actors. These people, these look like hockey players. And in my head, I'm going, wow, this is like, these guys are really good actors. Like they're really going to sell being hockey players. Like this is cool. <laughs> so in my head, I'm saying that I'm calm, cool collective on the outside, just putting my stuff on. So they leave the room, they get out on the ice. I get my stuff on, I get out on the ice. And, you know, I'm in all my true stuff and I get out and uh, I'm stretching and I'm looking and there is like, these guys are taking slap shots from the opposite blue line, calling their shots, hitting the crossfire to the post. And I'm like, Man. okay, wait a minute. These aren't actors. What is going on? So the stunt coordinator comes out and he says, oh, hey, Corey, you know, thank you very much for coming out today. Just needed to do some, a few drills with the guys, you know, full speed drills. Um, and I'm like, these aren't actors. And he goes, no. He says, uh, did nobody tell you? I said, nobody's told me anything. I said, it's been very, very hush hush. And I'll give them this. They do a great job at keeping details within small groups. So you can't mix all the details together. Um, so he starts pointing at some of the hockey players, you know, there's one was a three time Stanley cup winner. Uh, two other guys are retired NHL players. And I mean, retired, like they're both in their twenties still like they're guys, yeah. that, you know, line, third line guys. Uh, so national predators, Montreal Canadians, uh, oh my gosh. Los Angeles Kings. Uh, there's a uh, two European pros and, uh, one, uh, was a first round draft pick. That's really all I could say about him, <clears throat> um, for a couple of years ago. Um, so these guys were like high level, extremely good hockey players. Um, so basically the stunt coordinator looked at me and he says, what's your background? And I said, well, you know, 15 years ago, I played junior A and he kind of smiled. He slapped me on the pads. He said, well, good luck. Have fun. So I'm like, what is happening? Uh, so we did full speed drills. Uh, they asked me if I was okay with them taking, you know, full on slap shots, wrist shot, everything that they had. Um, I was supposed to get paid to do the work. And at the end of the day, I refused the money. It was so fun to take, you know, 90 mile an hour slap shots from a three time Stanley cup winner was the most rewarding experience in my life. Like to know that I can stop it if I really need to. Yeah. Uh, and this guy has, you know, these guys have amazing skill. And what I've learned from it was the NHL guys, are all about taking the most brute force shot they can. And it's either going to go through you, off you, or in the net. And if it goes off of you, the guy that picks up the rebound is going to do the same thing. The European guys are probably the craziest stick handlers I've ever seen. You, you can't react as fast as they can move that puck around their bodies in all sorts of directions. It was, it was awesome. Um, so great experience. Um, the following week, uh, get out on the ice uh, as an extra um we're starting the filming now and uh what i can share is that it's not going to be filmed like a typical uh like a typical movie would be on the ice uh they've got some pretty cool stuff i don't think uh what's with what i know about it i don't think you need to be a hockey fan to enjoy this one this is going to be uh you know it's going to follow a, a very close to like a letter kenny kind of in its comedy and its banter but it's going to be more i would say focused on the skill level of hockey as well at convincing having these guys the way that's filmed um it's going to be it's going to be awesome to watch um not just because i was in it it's, it's going to be a great time <clears throat> um one thing i can say is that you know you really have an appreciation for the film industry afterwards there's a there's a hundred people running around um doing all sorts of different tasks all day 
and I'll be honest, I think the hardest task is keeping the extras organized. Yeah. yeah. It's like wrangling cats. <laughs> it's horrible. And, and what you get is a lot of guys that are like, you know, failed, failed hockey players. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't do the schooling. You know, they don't have jobs now. They're, you know, they haven't found a niche and they think, Hey, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to become a famous actor because my hair is cool and I'm in good shape. And <laughs> These guys are just, they're so focused on trying to be on camera at all times. It, it almost ruins the experience for them. That's kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, um, to enjoy it. Do you feel, I hate to say it, but like, do you feel like the Shorzy new show kind of shines a better light on hockey players? Because I feel like Letter Kenny kind of makes this seem like, <laughs> I can't even come up with a word, but you know, like kind of dumb dumb dudes you know <laughs> for what i got to see and, and that's what i mean when they keep you in silos that production company does an amazing job at kind of giving you just enough information to do the to do the role to do what they not ask you to do. information to really understand what's going on around you um what i can say though around it is that i think they still portray what a hockey player is within letter kenny okay but they add in a, a style to it that allows you to show that there's a lot of skill behind what's actually happening. So I think one of the most convincing parts of it is that all drills, everything we did were full speed. There was nothing like, you know, quarter speed where you pass a puck and then buddy gets it and stops it and takes a shot. The <clears throat> mighty duck stuff. <laughs> None of that. Not even like new mighty ducks crap, like yeah. well, blindfolded and score goals. Um, it was, it was excellent for that. You know, like, and to put it in perspective, and the bruise is gone now, but we, uh, you know, one of the shots, there's a, a scrummage in front of the net, uh, you know, off the faceoff, uh, the puck gets passed back to the blue, comes across the blue, and one of the uh, one of the hockey players there, uh, one of the NHL guys gets to, his whole goal is to take a slap shot through a screen, and I'm supposed to be kind of looking for the puck, and it goes in the net. Um, the first two shots, he's kind of taking it easy because there's people in front of the net, he doesn't want to hurt anybody with a slap shot. Um, so, you know, the stunt coordinator comes over and he says, so he looks at me and he says, are you okay if he takes a, you know, a full on slap shot and the guy's like, oh yeah, I, I know I already hit him a few times there on Friday. He's fine. He could take it. And, you know, we asked all the other guys if it was good. And so this guy, um, I don't think I can give up his name just in case, but he, yeah. um, he lets one go from, uh, from the top of the blue line and this thing's a rocket ship and he misses the net. So he comes over to me and he says, can you give me a little bit more of the net? And I said, tell you what, I'll one up you. I will look like I'm looking for the puck. Really, I'm just going to move my head around. I'm not even going to look through the screen. When I hear you hit the puck, I'm just going to drop into a butterfly. It'll look realistic. You can score. So here I am, not looking for the puck. I dance around. I hear it. I drop it on my butterfly. I'm not even looking like I'm looking straight ahead, but I'm not looking for the puck. And it clocks me in the shoulder and almost levels me out because I wasn't expecting it. My whole shoulder, yeah. was blue. I'm like, oh my God. So, you know, you get up and, and you know, uh, Shores, he's there and, and he comes over. He always asks me, are you okay? Like that looked like it hurt. And, you know, you're getting all the slaps on the back and everything else. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So the next we do the scene again. And that's one thing you'll realize when you do extras is you do scenes like 16, 17, 18 times. It's over and over and over again until they get it perfect. And I think that's what I appreciated the most. Like the level of uh, the level of quality they're looking for was, it was extremely high. Um, so of course, do the play again, buddy shoots the puck. Now my instincts kicking is I don't want to get plowed on the shoulder again. And I make this beautiful blocker save goes over the glass. You know, now we're all cheering. And I look over to the director and he looks, he looks mad. So I skated <laughs> over. It's supposed to go in. <laughs> yes, 
get over some friendly banter and I asked him, I said, do you think I could get that for my Instagram? And basically told me to, you know, fly a kite. And uh, I, yeah, I, la- I laughed. And so then the next scene, we do it again. And of course, he finally scores on the next one. And it was great. And, you know, and that's part of that realism I was talking about where like everything's done at this high level of speed. And, and they did it over and over and over again until we got it right. So that was the biggest piece there. But like I said earlier, like you really get an appreciation for what goes into making one of these shows. It, it's not easy. It's not someone with a cell phone or a backyard camera. Like it is intense. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I highly recommend anybody to, to definitely participate in it. If you ever get the opportunity, just do it. It's so worth it. That, that is beyond words. Um, it just makes it so cool that they are using real hockey players. Like, I that's one of the main reasons that I love Miracle so much is that they took real hockey players and taught them how to act instead of the other way around. So that the authenticity of the game is so much better. And I've noticed that in the newer seasons of, or, you know, the newer seasons that we have of Letter Kenny, that they've really taken that aspect into perspective that some of the hockey scenes are some of the best, like I'll watch those over and over again. I mean, the comedy is great, but it's nice to see hockey like the hockey we love at a different level like they have gopros on their feet you know like they have cameras at all levels that it's like that's just it's cool to have that kind of impact you know and that they're going that big for a tv show is cool too (laughs) absolutely no you're absolutely correct and that was uh definitely like you said that that's part of that authenticity that really really helps it along i think that's what makes it going to be enjoyable for everybody you know, especially for like my kids, like I never showed them Letter Kenny because I mean, let's come on, there's a lot of, of comedy in it that's probably not appropriate for their age. And my daughter's 10 and my son's eight, and uh, kind of one of those things where it was like, Me. so I they asked me when I was done filming, they said, you know, dad, like, what are you, what are you filming? Like, can we see it? And I said, well, they don't really have that that I could show you. I said, but I could show you kind of close to what I'm doing on YouTube. So, you know, I pulled a couple Shorzy clips and I don't know what I can really say on, on, on here for profanity, but, uh, <laughs> you can you know, say it all. <laughs> this is my, locker room uh, talk. <laughs> my, uh, one scene uh, that I ended up showing him, Shorzy says to one of the guys, he says, you know, give your balls a tug, you tip fucker. And <laughs> I you know my son's watching this and I went, Oh Jesus, you know, like they really shouldn't hear that. I didn't think too much of it at the time. Though. I was like, ah, he won't catch on to that. So, you know, fast forward uh, the next day, uh, it was his birthday. So we took him to a laser tag here in town and, one of my buddies was with us and he, and he shoots my buddy and my buddy kind of yells at him like, Hey, and my son runs away. And all I can hear across the entire laser tag arena is give your balls a tug. And I thought, <laughs> Oh my God. Like of all the things in that 10 minutes, I showed them letter Kenny that he could have remembered. It was that saying. And I was just thinking the whole time, like, you know, if the school calls me to say that Tucker told someone, you know, to give their balls a tug and they sent him home, I don't know if I'd be mad. Like I, <laughs> kind of found it funny and especially because he's got that high-pitched voice and it was like oh boy I know it was one of those moments I remember I was in preschool and my parents had to come get me because I had used a bad word and they got to the preschool and they they told my mom like my mom came and they told her that like I had said fuck and like, like it was like a strawberry and I like I tasted it and I was like that's good as fuck or something like that like you know <laughs> 
And my mom just was just like, we'll deal with this when we get home. And the whole ride home, she was just like, that's my mouth. And I can't, I can't get mad at you because I never told you you couldn't. Like, (laughs) It's funny. Exactly. what You said, it's funny how we pick that stuff up from your parents. And then, you know, like I (laughs) I did pick those things up for me and, and that's kind of like, well, it's like my daughter being a goalie, right? Like it's, it's those little things that you realize that there's no way in hell that it would make sense for, you know, for her to be a goalie if it wasn't for me being a goalie type deal. So it was excellent. Do do both your kids play? So my son is, I'm pretty sure wants to be like a professional gamer, even though he's eight years old. So I do let him play things like Fortnite and Call of Duty because he is ridiculous at all of it. Like I can't keep up. He's, you know, on leaderboards and stuff and he's just insane. So, you know, we monitor how he does it, but you can only monitor so much when it comes to those platforms. Yeah. This year, uh, what ended up happening was, you know, because I built an outdoor rink here at my Sudbury house and I built an outdoor rink at Englehart house. And all I did, all I do is train and train and train because I really wanted to get back into my group of goaltending. My daughter started to take to it and she asked, you know, if I buy her pads and skates and she needed new skates. So I said, well, me being kind of, I wouldn't say forward thinking, but me being kind of maybe selfish, I bought her goalie skates and you know, I, and she loved them. She skated immediately on them. And I thought, okay, this is a change from what she usually does. And then I bought her pads and a blocker and trapper and a stick. And she started playing on the outdoor rink with us. And my son shooting pucks at her and she was doing great. So fast forward this year, um, she just asked us out of the blue, her friends started playing hockey. She said, I really want to play hockey. And I said, yeah, that's fine. We can put you in a hockey, but what do you want to do? You want to be a player? You want to be a goalie? And I mean, it wasn't even a question. She wanted to be a goalie immediately. So it was okay. Well, let's get you suited up completely in all your gear. And, and like we talked about earlier about being, you know, kind of picky, about what gear is, she wasn't picky about anything. It was really weird. Like, you know, she put on warrior pants and I was like, you know, how do they feel? Great. Like anything you change? No. Okay. And looking for the, the right chest protector. And so of course the warrior was the best one. So I put it on her and, and I'm like, anything like, do you feel bulky? Can you move? And she said, no, I love it. I can move everywhere. And I'm great. Fantastic. <laughs> She's just a very positive person and great personality. She can make friends with anybody. And uh, so it was like, all of a sudden it was like, wow. Okay. So she's really wants this. She's not even willing to tell me something's wrong with the equipment. So we suited her up right away. And of course, you know, she kind of walks out like a marshmallow because she can hardly skate as it yeah. is and strap, you know, 20 pounds of gear on her and try it again. And, and, but right away, she so we put her in a house league. And uh, so she struggles a little bit with the lateral movement stuff. Uh, but she's got probably one of the best butterflies I've ever seen because she's the type of kid that sits on her butt on the carpet and spreads her, her knees forward and, and her legs out and, her flexibility is insane. So if we could get her to do a, a few of the more uh, lateral moves and a little bit of speed and I hate to say it, but maybe even some aggression, you know, some adrenaline in her, uh, she'll end up being a pretty good little goalie. Uh, I'm pretty pumped. Actually this weekend, they won their, um, they won their first hockey tournament, the whole tournament. And uh, she made, you know, she was MVP for one game. She made some amazing saves. And then the, uh, the next game after that, they ended up playing her. They always switched period. So it was like one goalie starts the first next one, second, next one, third. Oh. Um, they ended up playing her back-to-back periods on the, uh, the semifinal game. <clears throat> so I kind of knew, kind of had a feeling they were going to play the other kid because the other kid's been a goalie for like five years. I figured they were going to play him for the whole championship game. So she had that, uh, she had that kind of great, semi-final game she was pumped up she was super excited and I didn't want to say anything to her so I kind of left it alone and 
the championship game comes and she plays her, you know, she doesn't play the first period and it's like, Oh, it's okay, Abby. You know, it's going to be fine. And we're on the opposite side of the ice watching anyways, you know, just kind of talking in my head and second period comes, they don't play her again. And I thought, okay, so they're, they're not going to play her. And I'm, you know, it's, it's upsetting, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I understand because those 12 minute periods are probably the most stressful 12 minutes of my life when she's in the net. Cause all I want her to do is succeed. I don't want to see her heartbroken. Um, and then uh, the third period comes and uh, they don't put her in again. And I could see her across the ice at the bench and I could tell just the way her head was and her mask and she was sad. And then you see the coach kind of, you know, rubbing her arm and telling her it's okay. And I thought, ah, I better go talk to her. So, you know, ran around the ice, went over to talk to her and of course she's bawling, she's crying and she's upset. Right. And so I have that conversation with her, you know, explaining to her, you know, now you're, now's your job right now to pump up your team. You had a great tournament. You got us here. You know, now's that, that moment where you need to show character and not bring them down and be proud for everybody. And, you know, you're doing this as a group, not on your own. And so, you know, she's a little happier afterwards. I explained to her, you know, I sat on the bench numerous times too. And, you know, it is what it is. And so she's, she goes back, she sits down, the coach calls me over. He says, I'm going to put her in for the last five minutes. And I said to him, no, you don't have to. I said, it's okay. I said, I can That's build. Pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can build from this downfall I can use this as motivation for her I can explain to her you know, how bad that felt if you don't want to feel that again let's train our asses off so that she can become you know a great goalie so sure enough I go walk back over and he ends up putting her in for the last uh the last five minutes of the game and so the one of the players comes down on a breakaway we're winning five to three uh buddy gets a breakaway takes this great big you know wrist shot and she makes a glove save and oh, I knew when she got out on the ice because she's never skated to her net that fast she's never been that aggressive in her stance and I was like oh this kid's pumped like she wants to prove a point so buddy <laughs> makes you know buddy makes a shot she makes a glove save it hits the ice and like I said she can't lateral slide the kid lateral slid across the ice covered the puck we're all going crazy I'm jumping up and down screaming fuck yeah just having a great time the coach is jumping up and down screaming fuck yeah we're all just you know <laughs> static so we ended up winning the game they said she only played the five minutes we won the game won the championship and uh, she got to hold the cup up and it was uh probably the most proud moment as a parent i think i ever got to have oh man that's that just shows that like sometimes that five minutes is all you need to like because it sounds like that's kind of some of where she needed some of that aggression to come in <laughs> perfect and that's when you go from part. extreme disappointment to extreme like you know ecstasy yeah. for a better word that's uh i can't even imagine especially to yeah. be 10 and get to experience that that's that's the coolest thing ever <laughs> one of things i love sharing with her right we're on the ice a lot like uh you know i have vacation next week and i book the ice every night so it's just going to be you know the two of us out on the full sheet of ice it only costs us 70 bucks an hour to rent ice out here oh that's nice yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm sure everyone else that hears this is going to be like, what the hell? That really does put in perspective 1,500 people in the town. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, no, it's great. Just, ma, you know, father and son time, or father and daughter time, sorry. And, uh, yeah, we get to just work on goaltender stuff together. And that's uh, that's that moment we get to share. It's just cool. That, like, I mean, it's so new. As weird as it sounds, it's still so new for girls to be able to be doing this and for us to be have opportunities and, you know, to be seen as athletes, you know, instead of just a female athlete, like it's, Absolutely. it's quite, I'm, I'm excited for her because she's going to get to experience stuff that most of us didn't get to just because it's like, now it's just so accepted, you know, <laughs> and it's cool to have a dad like you that's taking her there and letting her experience it, you know? 
that's going to be rewarding for both of us. And, you know, that's the goal is, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't make it and <laughs> kind of throttling between pushing her to make it, but not being like driving her down my dreams. So that's, it'll be a challenge there personally for myself, but yeah. And I mean, that's why I stumbled across a lot of the content creators like yourself looking for those ways, like, you know, there's ways that you guys are going to do things that I'm not as a male and as, you know, an, an old school goalie. So being able to watch and, and give her something she can relate to. And so, you know, you guys and how you play net and how you're net and something that she can actually look up to, whereas it's not, yeah, my dad was a goalie. It's look at all yeah. these, you know, inspiring women that are also goalies that are willing to stand in front of that puck and, and stop it and have fun doing it. Right. So that's been that driving factor. And I like sharing that with her, you know, I'll show her photos of all these girl goalies and things they do and, you know, the university hockey and the Olympic hockey. And so that's the, I guess that's my jealous side trying to drive her towards my dreams, but uh, yeah, doing it in a way she can relate, you know, not like, you know, not showing her like, Oh, here's Mark Andre Fleury. Look how great he is. You know. <laughs> well, we can still appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. Just sucks. when you're the guy that tried out with him and didn't make it. So. <laughs> remind myself of how well, we just won't talk about him then you know <laughs> <laughs> um do you do you guys prefer the maple leafs or do we even watch professional or do we just stay with <laughs> i am a hardcore leafs fan okay um, but i'm not a hardcore frederick anderson fan so i refuse to like freddie i've always called him a baby beluga i think he <laughs> the most overrated, horrible goalie. I don't care what anyone says. I've, I've never been an Anderson fan. Um, mind you, to me, Jack Campbell was not uh, was not somebody I saw becoming a star. Uh, Jack Campbell, to me, is uh, excellent. Actually, my chest protector is a Jack Campbell pro return, so it's beat to hell because he doesn't like changing his chest protector. Uh, much like myself, hate the goddamn thing. I, I, I'm that type of person I'd probably stand in front of a puck without a chest protector. He's like, <sighs> it's that guy. But... Uh, yeah, we're hardcore Leafs fans, and or at least I think they're Leafs fans because I'm a Leafs fan. And as much as I, uh, you know, probably get heckled for it, uh, you know, I wear a Toronto Maple Leafs hat. I I don't care. I I love it, and that's just the way it is. Um, it was, you know, I did like Vegas when Flurry was there, um, and I kind of followed Flurry around because you know having the interaction with him. So always kind of been a Flurry fan. Um, and then the Hurricanes, I was always a fan of the Hurricanes only because Michael Tom was the assistant coach for a while. So. You know, I have Hurricanes jerseys. I've got, you know, the year they won the cup, I've got a full signed NHL jersey. So it was one of those things where it was, uh, yeah, but uh, Leafs fans for sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, I do have to talk about it just because I can, we can edit it in. <laughs> um, I saw that you got True Skates. Um, do you feel like it's worth it? Absolutely. So always been a cowling guy, had Bauer skates growing up, CCM skates. Uh, when I first got back into hockey, uh, Mark tried to sell me on true skates. He said, listen, man, like just get them, get it over with. And I thought, I said, no, I will not go away from a cowling. Um, what I realized with cowling being five foot 10, five foot 11 on a good day, um, being a shorter goalie and having those cowling skates, you, you are shorter. And not that I think it was really affecting me, but what I did notice is that trying this new butterfly style where you're down a lot and you're getting these attack angles and you're pushing all over the place and sliding back in the cowling took up so much space that that attack angle had to be greater and your leg had to be higher. So I was giving up a lot of goals and I was slipping out a lot with that cowling. Um, the driving factor for the trues was actually the height. I wanted that extra height 
And they actually, my trues of the step steel, I sit almost three quarters of an inch higher. Um, so we'll go ahead with the customs. I was going to get the TF9s. I tried them on. I didn't like them. And I was really worried because that day I put on, you know, I said, well, let's just do the full customs. And um, I was worried they were going to feel like the TF9s and they didn't. Um, so having that extra three quarters of an inch, though, has completely changed the way I can move in the crease. Uh, my leg doesn't have to get as high. My pushes are more powerful. And you'll hear people say, like, true skates are the most comfortable skates. It's not comfortable like a comfy sweater or a comfy pair of socks. It, it's nothing like that. It's like it's part of your body comfortable. Like you don't really notice it's there anymore. Um, so when we were filming for Shorzy, I had those skates on for eight hours straight and my feet never hurt because it just felt like part of your body. And I think that was a big factor in it was I got to experience how you could wear them all day and not hurt and then have it change how I'm able to move around in the crease. Like this RVH stuff has been really challenging for a guy like me just because I'm not used to, I'm used to like hug your post type deal and, you know, one leg down in a VH. So RVH, everything backwards and getting that C cut mobility so I can move around that post and, and being 34 and not having the flexibility I used to have that let or that greater attack angle has really allowed me to transition that game around for them. And uh, I recommend it to anybody. I, all true gear to me is amazing, except for the sticks. Um, the pads to me, I wore, I wore Warriors. I wore the CCM E-Flexes when I was filming. Uh, I guess I could say that. The E-Flexes were, uh, they're great. They're very close to the Trues. But there's something about the True pad where, where it's stiff, it's, it's really important. So that lower half of my calf where it's super stiff, but the soft boot, and then having the flex on the top, it, it makes a whole world of difference. You know, pads when I was younger were made to absorb rebounds. These ones give up massive rebounds, um, but not massive like a Bauer. Like I find that Bowers, they, they kick hard, like a soft shot, that puck is gone. Yeah. These don't do that. Um, and I would say that these have cost me a couple of goals when it comes to that, not having that pop, but um, I'd have a hard time getting away from them now for sure. I was going to try, try out a set of Von V9s, um, got to wear some for filming. Um, you'll see the Vaughn V9s in the show. So you'll know whose pads they were. I was just breaking them in for him, um, <laughs> for the, for the actor, uh, cause he was not a goalie. Um, the V9s are great, uh, but too squishy for me. That's all great. I, I just, my goalie coach coaches, you know, teeny goalies, <laughs> you know, from like four to like 16 or whatever. And he was constantly on his feet and he's like, I can actually wear these for eight hours without my feet hurting. So it was just like, for me, it was just like, I could see getting trues if you're going to be in them for a long time, but like, it's hard to pull the plug on something that's going to cost a little more, but it's also like your feet are so important. It really does affect your whole body. So it's good to hear that they're worth it. <laughs> Same thing with the blocker and trapper, like, you know, having the warrior. And then of course, back when I played, like everything was, you know, kind of a 590, 580 break that 90 degree, 70 degree. <clears throat> they didn't really have a lot of changes. You know, the NHL guys got whatever they wanted. We didn't obviously. Yeah. So being able, like for a company like Lafave and true to allow you to order NHL spec stuff, like the same thing with the trapper, like I have a 580 break trapper. It, you know, it closes, you know, completely 90 degrees. It, it's, you know, excellent in the way it closes. It works great. So anything I can get that's custom made for myself is excellent. And that's like, you know, the coveted helmet, I'm fully expecting it to come in and be something that just fits like a glove, like the skates. And I think 
now age goaltending, it's important to have that comfort because we're moving around so much more and more flexible than we've ever been. Definitely. Um, did you have a favorite beer? I love Stella and, and don't judge me for that. Um, <laughs> I, so I was always kind of the Bud Light kind of guy. I didn't like Coors Light, couldn't stand Coors Light. <clears throat> I don't know something about it. Um, when I got into Stella, it was one of those things where same thing, easy drinking. I could have, you know, two, three tall cans, not feel weighed down, feel like I could still function, do whatever I needed to do without being, uh, you know, that bloated crappy feeling. Yeah. Um, that was the best one for me. Did you have a least favorite beer? Uh, yeah. Anything called Budweiser. Um, <laughs> I don't understand it. And maybe you can answer it. I have not actually. So I've been all over the world for mining. Um, I haven't been to the States. I, I, I know it's right, you know, right there. It's like right there. <laughs> I've never gone into the States. Um, is beer actually that much different in the States compared to Canada? Um, I've never been to Canada, so I don't actually know (laughs) the difference of, I do understand that, you know, I come from Southern California, you know, when I could drink a lot, I was in Southern California and supposedly they're some of the best brewers in the world, but I don't know. Um, I've had some friends that went to Germany, so, and like Ireland, so who knows (laughs) who actually has the best beer, um, for me, um, I had my first Molson at a hockey game. So I think for me, like it just, it made it that much better that it just brings back those memories. Like, you know, I guess like eating like a sugar cookie at Christmas, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just get life. those memories flooding back that I feel like makes it a better beer. Um, it's also really hard to get in most places. Um, like I tried to get a little bat, but those are harder to find. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I feel like Budweiser is just one of those. It's cheap and easy. So yeah, I just, yeah, it's funny. I would rather drink like Bush light before I drink that. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know something about it. I probably had a bad experience with it when I was younger and then I don't remember it. Thank Christ. But yeah, <laughs> one of those things. And to be honest, like I got away from beer for a long time and I was huge into whiskey. Uh, especially when I started making, you know, adult money, I, I got into, you know, the higher end whiskeys and I was like, Hey, this is amazing. And of course, though, I, you know, quickly regretted drinking it the next day and, and <laughs> I knew the higher end stuff, you don't get hangovers. It was crazy. You know, yeah. the, the dollar bottles, you didn't get a hangover. And it was like, why? The and, better uh, filter. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the progression into why I ended up quitting drinking. Right. It was one of those things where I, uh, yeah, I think it, wasn't that it was out of control, but it was getting in the way of a lot of stuff, you know, have a couple of beers and I didn't feel like training. And then if I didn't feel like training, I lost a night and coming from, you know, where I'm at, it was losing a night to me is just horrible for my progression. And, and so all of a sudden one day I woke up and I said, actually it was, it was father's day uh, this year. I, I woke up that morning hung over as hell. Um, and I said to myself, I don't know, something clicked. It was like, this is the day I stopped drinking. Of course, the gift I got for my family and my two children is an engraved bottle of uh, Weiser's 18-year-old that says, you know, uh, love you, dad. Uh, so it sits on the uh, mantle and it has never been opened. But uh, yeah, the next day was my, that was my present. <laughs> well, at least you, now you have a memento of what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a reminder. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite after play beer or beverage? You know what? It was 
typically I found with our guys, it usually fell into the Coors Light Bud Light phase because it's just easy to pack in your bag and, and get it around. Um, there's a couple local breweries here in Sudbury that do this uh, kind of like a slushy kind of beer. Um, as gross as that may sound, when you got a frozen. No, beer they're really it. good. <laughs> it was, you know, it, they make a great one, and uh, it was refreshing after a game, right? I mean, especially take off this fifty pounds of gear, you've been sweating all day, and then all of a sudden you get this nice slushy kind of beer. It was, it was actually, I don't know, something about it. It was excellent, and you know, judge me for what it is, but it was, uh, it was good. Actually, I didn't mind it at all. I feel like I grew up in the snow and like Tahoe and it was like, we used to take the snow and then put root beer on top of it. Like our own, like uh, slushies. So like <laughs> when they were like, we can, we can do beer to it. I was like, I never even thought of that. <laughs> Lake Tahoe is a beautiful area there. I've always wanted to take a boat there and just kind of explore around. And There's miles to explore for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. So now I'm, it's kind of a corny. I love dad jokes. So it's all about the punniness, if you will. Um, do you believe in using a koozie? Uh, no, I don't. You shouldn't I, let it last that long, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I always wondered who the people are that use koozies because what the hell are you doing with it? And are you just sipping on it to look like you're drinking it? Or are you drinking it? <laughs> Keep your hand warm. Well, or yeah, I guess. Um, and then this is my fun one. Uh, we're going to talk about head. Um, do you like it on your beer? Yeah, actually. So I was the type of person that loved salting my beer. I don't know if that's something that's common or not. <clears throat> Love salting my beer to get it on top of that head. And then it slowly works its way into the beer and I don't know, I, I, to me, it was great because it wasn't just all of a sudden a big gulp of salt in your beer. It was kind of like it kept kind of showing up every now and again, every few drinks it was there. So that to me was a big one. The amount of salt and beer I drank was probably why I was, you know, 240 pounds at one point. But uh, yeah, it does help with the flavor of like to flavor a beer. Like if you want to put hot peppers on it or whatever, like it is that's the way to properly do it. Like you said, to pour I've it on top done. of the hot. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done hot peppers on beer or hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's a new one. Like here, tahini is everywhere. Like it's like that salty, spiciness of it all. <laughs> nice. um, and then as far as head trauma, um, do you believe in the therapy of it all? And have you, I mean, you're a goalie. I mean, I'm a ambassador for lift, lift the mask and, you know, just pushing, ending the stigma of, you know, we're seeing it now. A lot more goalies are coming into this, you know, price came out and said that he had it. And, um, how do you feel about all of it? I think that if anybody put it the right way, it was probably price. And the reason I say that is Carrie has been one of those people that I've always looked up to. I play much like Carrie. That's my style. Um, I've always found Carrie to be very reserved, but extremely intelligent. And I think Carrie doesn't do anything unless it's calculated. So for Carrie to admit he lost control, that really hit home for me. And, and that's kind of why I have the same opinion as he does on it. Just based on the fact that for a guy that I thought had, total control of everything around him and every decision being made was him 
like to me, Carey's the type of guy that told his goalie coach what he was going to learn that day, not the other way around. So for Carey to, to come out like that was a real, real kick in the nuts for me because it was, okay, here's a guy that I look up to. Here's a guy I respect. Um, and all of a sudden now, it, it, you know, he's, he's, he's stating that he lost control. And, and I don't know if anybody will ever be able to say it the same way, right? Like you get guys like Robin Leonard and them who I think they're just complete chaos. So for anybody to come out and talk about it, it was definitely Kerry that really, uh, I think he sold the message better than anyone ever could and shows that anybody, it can happen to anybody, right? For me, I just think he did it with such class, but yet he took something that we're, for lack of a better term, we're making it seem really weak and he made it super strong. And especially in, you know, he's nowhere near retirement yet, you know, like as far as his playing goes, like he still has a lot of years in him that for him to take the time and make it a big enough deal and like to show you know, this next generation that this is something that you need to take time and do, I think is not only commendable, but beautiful. And I just, for me, it's so hard because I, I am a woman in the the hockey. I feel like we talked about it earlier that I feel like we have to be more masculine sometimes that it's like, it's nice to just feel like we're all in this together, you know, and they're the, there is no like dividing line and that it's okay to like, be like, I'm not okay. <laughs> um, so for me, it was just unbelievable to finally have somebody to finally step up and be like, we don't always have to do this alone. And to, you know, step back from it is huge, you know, better, and better to sell that message. Like, uh, let's face it. Like, you know, Robin's a great goalie, but at the end of the day, it's like, I say it all the time. The people that are trying to save the world are always the guy that, you know, bless them, but they got, you know, friggin' neck tattoo or the teardrops into their eyes. They're always the guys trying to save the world. Message is amazing. They got all everything going right for them, but it's like, dude, you made some weird choices. And I don't know if I could follow you down this road. Carrie, I could follow him down that road all day long. And, you know, whether that just be because he's a poster child or not. And I just have, you know, that, <laughs> that prejudice or whatever it is, but I think that was the real driving factor. And I think that's nature with goaltending though. I think that there's something about goalies where we do have those little quirks where I don't think we are, you know, we're, I think we're easily susceptible to that, to the depressions and the the mental disorders and things. And I don't know why, and maybe it's because deep down it takes so much pressure to be a goaltender and it does take um, a lot of commitment to be a goaltender, but we're also very expressive people though, as well. Like, if you look at any hockey team, the player has to wear a certain color helmet, certain color gloves, socks, skates. They don't get any expression in it at all. We get the benefit of having custom painted helmets that really show our character. We get to do all sorts of flashy colors on our pads and designs, and we do all sorts of this kind of stuff. And I think it's almost like our way of being like, yeah, we're this solid wall. We're a figure of, you know, of, of just projecting nothing more than we are solid but then being able to express that, you know, there is a part of us that is not, uh, we're susceptible still. Right. And I think that's where that trigger comes where you, you can't let go of your poker face when you're in the net, but at the end of the day inside, it's just killing us. And, you know, I've had bad, bad weeks, bad months, bad years when in net. And when it all trickled back to it, it was all in my head. 
it was, I wasn't having fun and I was so focused on everything except for what I was doing. You know, the part, like going back to where Carrie's at, like knowing, knowing and seeing such a strong guy and turning to, you know, substance and things like that, it, it really hit home. Like that, that could really break a guy. Right. And, and, but it also shows how passionate he was. I think he put that entire team on his shoulders and he tried to carry them right to the cup, you know, and then when he didn't do it, he, he took it personal. Um, and that's where I get that calculated thing from. Like, I truly believe that Carey Price purposely made sure to stand as close as he could to Andre Vasilevsky in that photo that went around the internet for the size of Vasilevsky compared to Carey. Cause I think Carey's very calculated. And I think Carey wanted people to see that, you know, look at the size of this guy and you're wondering why we can't score goals. Well, man, and you know, to me, that was Carey's way of being that calculated guy. So all of a sudden, you know, the last picture I see of Carey is being calculated to the next one I see of him and his family. And there's, you know, I'm taking a break was, uh, it was, it was heartfelt. Like you said, how better to, and how beautiful was it to be able to say, you know, I'm not okay. And I think more people need to do that. As, as crazy as it sounds. And I think that this is one of the biggest things that we're all not talking about as goalies is that it's really isolating and it's, I mean, we are out there on the ice, the whole game by ourselves, like the rest of the team gets bench time together. They get, you know, normally during breaks, they get time together or like in beer league intermissions, you know, the two minutes we get, like, we're still on the ice by ourselves. So it's like, you tend not to have that human connection, which I think is where COVID kind of took that some of us to a whole new level with it, because it's like, when you're that isolated all the time, it's hard to bounce back. Um, one of my first goalie coaches told us like, do not take anything that happens on the ice any further than that. Like he was like, you need to drop it as soon as it happens. Cause like you just constantly are beating yourself up. Like I could have done that better. I could have done this better. And it's just like, if that's the real in your head all the time. And then, you know, as one of the things that I don't like about lower hockey levels is um, the fans tend to say more harsh things. Like, I mean, I've been to every rink that they pretty much say like, you know, like the reason that they're losing is because of the goalie and all, you know, the goalie can't hear it. Like we all know that, like when you're out on the ice, you're not listening to fans anyways, but it's like, to me, it's just like that extra thing that it's just like, it doesn't need to be done. Like (laughs) we all get it. You don't like the other team, like, but it's the constant, you know, we already feel like the weight is on our shoulders and we're weird and all that, but having the isolation on top of that, I feel like is where we need to talk about it more. You know, it's like in between, like you said, like having somebody come and like bump your pads during in between is that little gesture that can make it so big to somebody, you know, (laughs) it's that random act of kindness. (laughs) Oh, hundred percent. And that's what I want to instill in my daughter is having that ability to turn around and say, she's not okay. Right. Or something bothered her and being able to work her through those things. Cause like you said, my entire career as a youth was nothing more than focused on everything I did and how to improve and what can I do better every single day and and I think that was where not having a goalie coach growing up until you know I got into the the junior A's and things that's where I struggled as a goaltender because I just constantly was down right I was always just 
you know, we could win a game five, one, but that one goal would eat me alive. And, and I don't want to see the youth go through that. Right. And as you know, maybe when I finally slow down in my career a little bit and I want to spend some more time on the ice with youth goalies and try and explain that to them that, you know, you don't, when you get off the ice, it's done. Don't worry about it. What happened, happened, live the life. And when you come back, we're going to regroup, refocus, restart. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there is goalie coaches out there doing it because it's, uh, it's extremely important. Yeah. My goalie coach is actually, I think he's in Ontario, <laughs> maybe oh, it's Toronto, but either way, um, he, he is like, for me, it was cool just because he had the whole range. Like I said, like he had from, you know, four year, like he had a couple four-year-olds all the way, like some that were making it into the juniors. And then there was me just like beer league, but like, he didn't make anybody feel like they didn't belong, which I, which I love about this sport is that a lot of coaches just want everybody to succeed and have a good time. Cause I mean, that's the main thing. We love this game. Like, so it's just, but it was nice to have somebody talking to the new generation about it too. Like he's like, leave it all out there. And yes, I'm going to run through like, you know, he would take footage of us and show us what we did wrong. And he's just like, but don't take any of this with you. And if we need to regroup and replay this play tomorrow, then that's what we're going to do. But he's just like, you have to let me know if it's too much. Cause like, that's the main thing is just like, we aren't told that we can speak our feelings. So (laughs) it's nice to have somebody be like, if this is too much and you're not actually taking it in what I'm saying, and you're just saying like feeling like I'm saying that you suck, like, just let us know. (laughs) Cause they have the iPads on the ice and they're like, here's what you did wrong. And it's just like, if this is too much and you just want to go have fun for a bit, then do that, you know? But it's like, I just feel like it's cool that we're talking about this. And like, you know, like you said, like you, we have parents that are willing to talk about it now too. Like, you know, that I, beat myself up and that, you know, like maybe I was too focused on only getting to the next level instead of enjoying the time that I had, you know, like it's all that stuff that I think is the great learning lessons that maybe we felt like there were mistakes, but they're actually great learning lessons for the next generation to not have to suffer like we did. Absolutely. That's how it was so easy to turn off the switch to hockey for 14 years. I don't remember ever enjoying an entire hockey game because all I ever remember is thinking of how do I do this better so that was the the ease to it right and then coming back and being able to share that and like you said that's it's fundamentally that's why we're all out there playing the sport is just to have fun and, and be part of a group right yeah I just it's a family and it's I mean that you could even go and be a part of a show and still feel like Hey, like we used to play together, you know, like we still play together. Like, I just feel like that is like those, you know, encounters that is just like, it wouldn't be brought to us by any other way. So I just find, I just love that this sport has brought us all to here and that we can continue to grow this family and help each other. And that, you know, we can both sit here and not think that price is week for what he did. Like, I just feel like we have come so far and we are so loving of a family, even if it is dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's uh, dysfunctional and goaltending. I think those go hand in hand. <laughs> um, so normally I like to plug and see if like, if you want to share your social media or maybe a way for people to help your daughter's team or any of that, um, the floor is yours. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, 
I don't think plugging uh, the daughter's hockey team is the right spot, but uh, <laughs> no, I do want to thank you for the content you guys create, especially yourself. Like you have different aspects from, right. But from a personal trainer aspect for someone like myself to be able to, to watch certain stretches and what you're actually doing, that's, that's big stuff. And I think a guy like me isn't the type of person who's going to comment on that, on that video or on that picture. Um, we're more likely to take those pieces away with us and use it. And it's one of those things that's hard as, you know, as a content creator, because you need us, you know, you need the comments, the likes and those things to know that what you're putting out there is actually, you know, working and things that are that people want to see and do. And then, you know, you can find that trend and that transition. So really the plug would be just for all of you and especially the females that are doing this to continue doing it. And even if you're not getting the comments, know that, you know, for me as a, as a father and everything else, it's, it's probably awkward for me to want to comment on something Whereas reality though, I'm in the background with my daughter showing her, Hey, these are people that are successful. These are people that are doing it. And these are people that are loving the way they're doing it. And, and that's what I want her to do is, you know, enjoy those things. And, and, you know, she's into the TikToks and all that stuff. So those <laughs> are the things that, you know, I want her to continue to do. And I think that, uh, I think she's actually got a bit of a niche. If she could market the, uh, the child youth goalie TikTok thing, maybe she'd be okay. I don't know when <laughs> she's, what is it? 12. I think you have to be on a TikTok there. So I think when she turns 12, maybe she's got something. I, I mean, I, I follow a little goalie. She, um, she does all the TikToks with her teammates and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's adorable. I normally post them because she does like her little dances and stuff and her parents get it on film. So, um, for me, and I think for most of us that are trying to just push for a better term, we're, we're influencing the hockey community. Um, I feel like we're just trying to make it more fun for everybody. And it's like, if we get to, you know, feel better about ourselves too. And like, for me, it's just like, these are things that have helped me stretching wise. And I have always hated stretching. I was a pro snowboarder and I thought that I didn't need it. Um, so like, for me, it's just like, if I can just give little bits and even if nobody comments on it, it's like, for me, it's just like, I just feel like I'm paying it forward. Even if you just try it for a second, <laughs> really, no, I appreciate your words <laughs> very much. <laughs> and I appreciate you taking the time out. I know that this is not a short conversation, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time and making the time. Um, cause for me, this is huge. Um, you're a celebrity, you have your acting card. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, make sure to watch because you'll see my face <laughs> on it. Uh, there is scenes with my face in it, and this uh, is an extra. And hopefully, I did a good enough job that they'll, uh, they'll call me back for another round. And I'm cheap too because I don't even want to really take the money for those things because it's just an experience and it's going to be a good show. So, definitely, uh, definitely recommend everyone to check out Shorzy for sure. Well, it's good to know that they do show faces on Shorzy. We weren't sure because, you know, Shorzy's always hidden behind something. We didn't know if there was going to be well, faces to anybody else. Know. I can't see if you see his face or not, but uh, there is other faces still. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just good. Um, well, the and then the last one that I have for you is just your favorite chirp. It's a good question. And, you know, it, it's funny. I thought about this for a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a chirp, but I had uh, I had a guy who made a comment the one day and he says, uh, did you hear the story about uh, Corey quitting hockey? And I looked at him and I said, no, uh, I didn't. He says, yeah, Corey, uh, he, apparently he was talking to my boss actually. And he says, yeah, Corey was so upset that, uh, you know, he had enough. That was it. He let in his final goal. He said, forget it. He walked out into traffic and he stood in front of a bus and 
Unfortunately, even that went through was five hole. And I <laughs> laughed my friggin' ass off because I thought, wow, like, you know, you're such a bad goalie, you can't even get hit by a bus. <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well that's a good one <laughs> yeah the only the one i could share is the stunt director when we were done filming he said uh he says you know you're a real natural at this and i said yeah who knew that for 30 years i've been uh doing it all wrong trying to stop the puck and i should have been letting it in the whole time <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that is great <laughs> i hope you, they do send you the gloves or the blocker save sooner or later <laughs> I hope so too. I need that. <laughs> At least you could say you did it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you did and everything you're doing. And thank you for helping the next generation. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It was a great time.